Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today we're talking undervalued players. Jeff and I have each picked three players that we think are going a little too low right now in drafts and in rankings for what we think they'll you know, do in the season. So these are guys probably we're going to be targeting all the time and get them in a lot of teams. So we're going to go over our top three in just a second. Before we do that, make sure you guys go check us out on Twitter at the FF Profit, YouTube at youtube.com slash fantasy football profit. Subscribe there. Go to our Instagram as well, instagram.com slash fantasy football profit. If you go there, you can find a bunch of people angry at me currently because I posted a list of people that could possibly be bust in 2021 and I had some angry Bears fans, so that was fun. But hey, go check it out, and you can be one of them if you want. Yell at me. I feel good. It's all good with me. Here we go, Jeff. We're going to jump right into this, though. Top three undervalued players. We'll start with three, go to one. Who do you have at number three for your third, I guess, most undervalued player for 2021? Um, For my number three, I'm actually going to go with a guy that should be a shoo-in for wide receiver number two on their team. He's being not drafted that way at all. I'm going to go with Russell Gage. So Julio Jones, it's kind of a, obviously a little bit newer of a situation. It's been happening over the, the offseason here. Julio Jones gets traded. Uh, Russell Gage, when Julio was hurt, stepped up. He was the number two option on the team. He did okay for himself. He put up decent numbers. Uh, last year, he went um, 72 receptions for nearly 800 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, very respectable when you're only starting half the season. Um, so I think those numbers can improve uh, a bit. I'm not even going to go that crazy on them. But the the real reason, and I know that, you know, obviously they still have Kelvin Ridley and they still, and they just got Pitts who should take kind of like that number two catcher possibly. But at the same time, he's right now, he's being drafted uh, or at least he was ranked as wide receiver 63. It's just way too low. Um, you can wait until the very end. You can grab this guy. And if he has a you know a, a breakout year, which I don't think is that crazy to think. I mean, you look at the numbers he did, obviously, last year. Kelvin Ridley is going to take all the pressure off him. Even Pitts is going to be the guy you're going to have to figure out in the middle of the field. I think it leaves a lot of room for him to, even if he has just a good year, that will return on your investment, you know, 10 times over. So I had to put him at number three right now because I feel like he's still kind of getting like looked over. No one's really talking yeah. about him. So I, I expect him to just have a solid year and I can get him at the end of the draft. So I just think he's being overlooked. I had him put him at number three. No, that's a good one. He I mean, yeah, he had the 72 catches, hundred targets last year, which is kind of quietly did that. Yeah. Without Julio. I mean, Kit Pitts. Yeah. It's going to take targets. Pitts isn't taking all those targets. He's still he's a rookie tight end, yeah. and their defense is still going to be yeah. bad. They're they don't throw really. It. I don't. I don't believe in their running game whatsoever. So they're going to throw the ball around, and yeah, that's a good one. I like Russell Gage there, um, especially because you're going to get him as what you're like. You get him as like your fifth wide receiver. You know? Oh yeah, easily. I mean, it's super super low, and yeah. and right now an ADP might even be lower Probably. than sixty three. Honestly, yeah. So you're getting him maybe as your fifth sixth receiver. So no, I like that one a lot. All right, my number three, I went with a receiver as well. I actually went with, uh, but a familiar name to the fantasy world, Antonio Brown. So he's currently wide receiver 45. And part of the thing is going to be, you know, he has Evans ahead of him, has Godwin's ahead of him, right? But 
Antonio Brown, this is this all depends on what is Antonio Brown. The last we saw him in a full-time role in 2018, he had 104 catches, nearly 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns. Really, really good. Then obviously all his stuff that went on with Antonio Brown. But all that's off the field stuff. Is But is he still that same Antonio Brown in ability? Not Maybe not quite that, but why can't he be really good yet? Even last year. We just he came in middle of the year. We, you know, really didn't really do too much. We didn't think, but eight games, forty-five catches, four hundred eighty-three yards, four touchdowns in the course of half of a season. It's not bad. So if you really, if you take his fantasy points for last year, which he finished, let me see if I find him down the list. He finished about sixty-sixth. It looks like in um, standard scoring last year, sixty-sixth. If you just double his double his numbers to give him a full season workload, he actually would have finished seventeenth. Um, if you just double his numbers from what he actually did last year, coming in just brand new to the team, he would have been the 17th best receiver in standard scoring with a full season workload, which actually kind of surprised me. I thought it would be lower than that. I And you're getting him at wide receiver 45. Like, again, that's a fourth, fifth receiver just to take a chance on Antonio Brown. You're not risking much at all to possibly get, maybe he's a top 20, you know, even, even if he's a wide receiver three. I think that's worth the risk for Antonio Brown. He'll get, he's going to get you some good games. It's not going to be every week, probably with the amount of weapons they have, but I'd take a chance on Antonio Brown. Why did you for 45? That's just way too low for me. Yeah, Antonio Brown originally was going to be my number two as well. Yeah. Um, and just to add on to that one, I can mention someone else just to round out the list. But yeah, um, yeah and, and to your point, uh, if you just take weeks 9 through 17, the the games that he actually played, if you doubled it, he he would end up being yeah. about 17th. He finished 21st uh, from starting yeah, cold exactly. turkey. Yeah. And that is That's when, awesome. uh, you know, Godwin was a hurt a few of those games. True. Mike Evan played all of them. You still had Scotty Miller. You still had Gronk. You had all that. When they started kind of hitting on all cylinders, if I really wanted to kind of like dial it up, if you just look at like the last three weeks, I think he ended in the top five. <laughs> but, right. but, you know, that is – he scored – I think he scored like four touchdowns in the last, last three, three games. games. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and and that I believe that he can be usable even if everyone stays healthy because last year Tom Brady had, I believe, 40 touchdowns thrown. Uh, I think he could honestly do that again with everyone. I, I It's not really I, – I know that people will kind of say what you alluded to is, okay, well, there's too many miles to feed. Who's mm-hmm. not going to eat? I don't necessarily think that it's going to be any one of them will fall off. I just think that you won't have a top end guy. Like I don't think any of them are going to probably make the top 10. Yeah. So I think if you're looking for, and that's why I love Antonio Brown, because even if he's a little worse than Mike Evans and Godwin, he's the one that you can get the most return on uh, ROI. Right. That's where the the difference is. So let's see here. Evans is going at 14 right now in ADP. Godwin's actually 18. They're ranked a little higher than that. We'll see where they go in drafts. But 14 and 18, and then you got um, Antonio, Brown at, Antonio Brown at 45. They don't have that much of a gap between them in reality. They're not going to be no. that much different. And Antonio Brown, again, he's free. He's not free, but he's basically free. Yeah. He's right now one spot behind Devontae Parker. He's three spots behind Curtis Samuel. You know, he's behind those guys, which, you know, those, they, those, I'm not saying they're bad players. They're not. They're fine. But they don't have this the potential that Brown has. And right. the, you know, we've seen it before. And he's only one spot ahead of like Michael Pittman. You're getting you're getting Brown at the Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, T.Y. Hilton level, Marvin Jones level. Those are the next guys right after him. 
there's so little risk with this. Oh, yeah. It, it playable even with everyone healthy. Heaven forbid someone yeah. get hurt and all of a sudden he's the steal of the draft. Mm-hmm. 100%. He, yeah, he looked he looked like himself last year. It was never a talent thing. No, it, just, it was he had he had one bad year. We made a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> yes, it was always an off the field thing. The guy never stopped being a great receiver when he left. Yeah, he's yeah, he still unbelievable. I mean, uh, his one game with the Patriots that year, one game, and he got a touchdown. He was already looking like, okay, this guy's going to play. And you know, Tom Brady likes this guy. Right, he went out of his way to get him. And I, you know, what? I don't think we've seen the last of Antonio Brown as being fantasy relevant. So no, I agree with you. All right, so that was my number three. Then what was your number two then? <laughs> Antonio Brown? Yeah, Antonio Brown is technically <laughs> number two. You're number two. So I'll go with my number two. Uh, my number two is going to be Travis Etienne. Currently, if I pull this up, ADP-wise, running back 27 going in standard right now. Running back 27. And the reason why he goes down there is going to be, obviously, because James Robinson's around, who's actually ahead of him in ADP, which is just stupid. Let's not even, I don't even want to talk about that too much. Some of the, the talk about ETN is, oh, they're just going to use him, what, as a pass catcher in this third down? God, just stop, please. Okay. Well, first of all, good. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's good for, yeah, I, he's going to catch a ball too. I but he's, good. He's, a better, he's a better running back yeah. than James Robinson. But clearly. I think James, it's hilarious that people will just you know, like completely give that well, to you and say, oh, well, he's going to be the primary yeah. passing catch in you know, the third down back. And you're kind of like, okay, then great. Yeah, so yeah. he's automatically got that. And then yeah. so he can like – Actually, approach, do more. Yeah, do more yeah. than that. He so automatically giving him at least half the workload. The James Robinson people, man, they're out of control. Um, some of the comments I saw about James Robinson, where he's just going to work harder than everybody else, and so because of that, he's going to get. You know what? Working hard is one thing. When you get to this level, talent is what is key. I mean, work hard you want. If you don't have the same talent, you don't have the same talent. James Robinson is an undrafted free agent who played very well last year for his ability. He had all the opportunity in the world. He had all the volume in the world. And he was able to have a good season. He's not going to have that. Travis Etienne is going to have that. Urban Meyer did not bring James Robinson onto the team. He brought Travis Etienne onto the team as a first-round pick who is a college teammate of the first of the quarterback they picked number one. They are going to use Travis Etienne, and they're going to use him a lot. Because guess what? He's a lot better player than James Robinson could ever dream of being. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I like ETN to the point where I actually like him better than Najee Harris. I do too. I, I know that sounds really stupid. Uh, Najee Harris has he the, has a great role. Yeah. He has all that. Yes. He, he does like that, but I team. like ETN better as a as a pure running back I'm, player. I, I you know what? I love it. You, just just you know, downgrade Travis ETN all you want. I'm gonna end up with okay. I'm not gonna end up with him in every draft because Jeff's gonna be in half my drafts. <laughs> so one of us is gonna end up with him in all of our drafts. So we'll have to fight over him on some. But the value, put his value down. Sure, put him way down there. Put him three spots behind Miles Gaskin, who is just like a average running back too. <laughs> There's probably a ton of people that love Gaskin out there too. He like I, I give you no. I'll give you this. I who doesn't love an underdog story? Of yeah, the guy sure. that that over that just outworks everyone we've seen that it. does it. We've that, seen it. Yes, yeah. it's happened. It's it, it like we've it, talked about it this. It doesn't we, last for multiple we, years. We so. talked about this before James Robinson, like before, I mean, before ETN came on board about James Robinson and how this just doesn't happen very often. And what were the names? There's only a few of these undrafted guys that really made a difference. Arian Foster's one of them, right? There's how many Arian Fosters are there? Not many. It was him and I can't remember, it was uh Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes. So those are the that's two. Like it. That's about it that actually 
you know, made a longer impact. Priest Holmes didn't last very long. You know, just running backs don't. But but he had a, a phenomenal three like years. Couple, yeah, it was just amazing. But those are about it. That guys that actually made it more than one year of being an undrafted free agent and really doing well. You see this all the time. These one hit wonders. I mean, shoot, if we were doing the podcast back in like the Peyton Hillis days, what do you think these Peyton Hills people were saying that year? Oh, like, I mean, everyone, like, everyone, like, everyone thought all that. these kind of things. It happens all and, the time. And you see it a lot too. I mean, there's plenty of really high end running back draft picks that do it for a year and then are kind of yeah. out of it, right? It, it all depends. And if you have the bulk, you will. And that's why we love that so much. If you're going to get the lion's share of the work, whether you're talented or not, you're probably worth having on the team, right? Yep. And James Robinson had that last year. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a bad player by any stretch of the imagination, but I, you he, bring in another yeah, running yeah. back to at least cut him in half, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're just like, well, we can't keep doing this. Not to mention, mm-hmm. like, the pass catching is a huge thing. I, I don't, I, it yeah, blows yeah, my yeah. mind when people use it as like, well, that's all he's going to do. They're, they're literally bringing him in in order to make it easier on the one guy they put all their eggs in the basket, Trevor Lawrence. Who can we get him? Oh, he can just dump it off to a guy he's already used to. He's going to be in the backfield. He's going to take over the majority. He's going to be the better running back to have on that team. Uh, doesn't mean James Robinson's not going to be used. If, I'm, if I'm that's what you're thinking, that's not what I, we're saying. I truly just don't. It, it might. Okay, you know what? It might even start the year where Robinson and Carlos Hyde are getting the carries on sure. early downs. I think ETN is going to. I mean, Carlos Hyde. Done. It's going to be. I was going to say like, Hyde. Come on, like they're done. Carlos Hyde's done. He's not. Yeah. He's he's done. And James Robinson's okay. <laughs> You're going to get to the point where Urban Meyer is going to be like, okay, this guy has to play over these guys. What am I? You know what? I don't feel like Urban Meyer doesn't feel like that guy to me. That feels like an old school, like football coach mentality. You got to have your early down guy, and we're just going to you know run these guys on the. No, no. Etienne's better. He's going to play. Yeah, he's, he's and he's better. So no, simple as that. He's he's good. But hey, keep thinking he's not. I'm fine with all these people not. Like we'll get him. He'll be good. So all right, there's my number two. All right, your number two is Brown. Who do we got number one? Number one, I'm going with DeAndre Swift. Nice. Talked about him before, but I absolutely love this pick right now. I believe he's being drafted as the 17th running back, if I'm correct. The yes, guy was is. supremely talented, and and it would be funny to actually talk about like this and versus ETN because last year, mm-hmm. well, this is how you get fired as a head coach, though. There's the difference, though. Yeah, exactly. That's that old school football mentality, yeah. that coach, and that's what Matt Patricia was, an idiot. And he, he, had that, he had that mindset. I do not think that's Urban Meyer. Yeah, no, no, I don't it's either. Like, I don't yeah. think Urban Meyer will get fired. That's, after. Yeah, this is the, that's the mindset is Matt Patricia, yeah. and that's and, what would happen. And that was the thing. I mean, and to be fair, also, you're also going – it was an older version of Adrian Peterson, but it's yep. still Adrian Peterson. He's yep. a Hall of Famer. Yep. Uh, you know, everyone wanted to see kind of the last hurrah. Maybe you're trying to save Swift a little bit, whatever you want to say. But he only had, what was it, 115 carries, something of that nature. Uh, in the first four games, they hardly use him at all. Every time you gave him double-digit carries, he would do something with it, not to mention he was actually a pretty good pass catcher on top of that. Um, he was the number two back the entire season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, kind of ridiculous to think of that, but, I mean, it's very, very true. Well, he And he started to get the chance, and then he got the concussion. Like, you yeah. could see, like, it was just about to start, I felt like. And then that concussion happened. And and you could tell every time he got the ball, he was the playmaker they didn't really have. They desperately need it because their offense is going to be filtered through there. Their line is pretty good. That's what the new identity of the team is. You want to be that rugged, gritty type of football team that can run it, 
you don't really have a like Goff has to prove himself. You don't have a a wide receiver lineup that strikes fear in anyone. So you have to establish the run. He's clearly the number one option now. Jamal Williams, I think it's great. You bring him in. Uh, you can kind of do a, a tandem thing. I don't think it'll be a clear cut down the middle. Uh, even last year, only 114 rushes, 521 yards, eight touchdowns. That's a little over four and a half yards per clip. Um, I think the biggest difference, though, <laughs> the biggest thing is that receiving. Yeah, 46 receptions, 357 yards, and two touchdowns. So, so it, it, yeah. all around, it's pretty unbelievable that you can only touch the ball 160. 50, yeah, 160 times, and you have 10 touchdowns and 850 yeah, yards. Are you giving me give me a break? Yeah, yeah, 100. That that right there is amazing. 160 touches, and he has 800 and it's about 870. Eight yards and ten touchdowns. I mean, honestly, add another twenty receptions and eighty carries, and that's not even stretching what is you know his ceiling on what the possibilities could be. And this guy is easily in the top ten, if not possibly a top five back. So yeah, so he said one hundred and sixty touches, eight hundred and seventy yards, ten touchdowns. Tell me about what do you think about this other running back who has one hundred and fifty six touches, only four less touches. He had. 750 yards. Okay. You know, 120 less, right? And he had three touchdowns, which you you want that first guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. The second guy's Cam Akers. <laughs> yeah. I honestly thought you were going to go with like no. a, a Zeke from last year no. or something. The second guy's Cam Akers. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Who's why. going seven spots ahead of Swift right now. Yeah. And uh, I mean, okay. I guess, you know what? If, I guess one argument can be, well, Akers has Swift's quarterback now, right? Like, you know, if you want to go with that, yeah, you, you can, sure. I guess so. You can go that way, but it's not even, again, again I, I don't hate Cam Akers. People are going to start to think I hate Cam Akers once this <laughs> preseason goes on. I don't. I hate the difference that people think there are between like Cam Akers and like Swift. I hate that. It's just not there. Well, actually, no, I don't hate it. It gives me Swift. It gives us Swift at a value, right? Yeah. So there's... It's just there's not much of a difference there. So Swift, that receiving ability is huge. It is. It's gonna be. It's gonna be really, really big. And and right now, because of everything that went down last year, y- you have the opportunity to get a guy that should be in the top ten. You know, bar mm-hmm. barring injury. Yep. Um, and people just aren't taking it right now. And mm-hmm. and he's shown you what he was able to do. Yep. So I I don't really understand the uh kind of the. The, the hold up holding up attitude like I really need to see more from this guy I don't really get it and it, it probably has more to do with mm-hmm. the fact that Detroit in general is a little bit of a shaky offense mm-hmm. I totally get that but if you look how they invested in their line and they could already run a little yep. bit last year yep he should be fine I think so the wide receiver the throwing the ball it can affect it a little bit but I don't think I think that is blinding people to the kind of the the golden nugget that's here and that's Swift yep all right I like that one my number one, J.K. Dobbins, running back 16. One spot ahead of Swift right now. Still six spots behind Cam Akers. Just give me a break, people. Six spots. So Dobbins, he had 152 touches. He actually had less touches than Swift and less touches than Akers by a little bit. He turned those you know, slightly less touches into 925 yards. So more yards than either of them and nine touchdowns. So one less touchdown than, than Swift. But again, a lot more touchdowns to game makers. A lot more game makers. And also, no, no, it's the funny part about this too is yes, uh, all three of them had to kind of battle it out. Yep. Uh, J.K. Dobbins was 
Pitt playing second fiddle to Mark Ingram, who was a very, very good running back, right? Swift was playing second fiddle to Adrian Peterson, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. And I realize both of those guys have kind of lost a step, no doubt about it. Uh, Who was Cam Akers playing second fiddle, third fiddle to? Henderson and Brown. Brown. Yeah. And once again, this is is to drive the point home that people are overestimating a few running backs – it's not to say Cam Akers doesn't have upside. No, he does. He does. He does. It's just that there's not this difference between Cam Akers and then Swift and Dobbins that people seem to think there is. Especially when I can get a wide receiver or another running back, wait, and then yeah. get one of these guys that are going to be, well, I think, even better. So with Dobbins, I mean, first off, Dobbins looked great. Six yards per carry, too. People are always, oh, Lamar Jackson's going to take away carries from him. Here's the thing. I don't think Lamar Jackson doesn't take away carries from these running backs. Lamar Jackson takes away passes from receive, like receptions from receivers. <laughs> right, right, right. The Ravens ran the ball more than anybody like the last two years. And it's because Lamar Jackson scrambles. Yes, there's some design runs, sure. But they're going to run the ball. Yes, and the, the other argument, Gus Edwards, right? Gus Edwards is going to cut into the role. Gus Edwards is going to be Gus Edwards. He's going to get 130 carries. And that is what he's going to do. And that's what he's done. And he's going to get another 130 carries. Guarantee you. Dobbins is going to get the vacated Mark Ingram carries. He's going to be... Worst case for me, worst case, is 2019 Mark Ingram is worst case to me for J.K. Dobbins. And that becomes, what, a top 10 running back? He's going to get 200 carries. Well, it's it's 17 games, so he might have a few more. He's going to get at least 200 carries. I don't know what his receptions are going to be. They're not going to be like Swift did, but he's going to get those carries. And people are going to say, oh, Lamar Jackson takes away goal line too. Dobbins, in only his limited role, had nine touchdowns running the ball last year. Why is that not going to continue? Dobbins, and here's another one one final stat for you for Dobbins. Last year, weeks 9 through 17, go second half of the season. J.K. Dobbins, half-point PPR, number 10 running back in the league. Right there. Yep. You know where Cam Akers is on that top 10 list? Not on it. Yeah, and, and <laughs> think about it, too. I mean, the big one, you talked about how Baltimore yeah. has led the NFL in rushing. It's yeah. absolutely true. And, yes, Lamar does take quite a few of those things. But they had the, what, like the third most rushing touchdowns last year at 24, even though it, it took a huge hit. Uh, they had the most attempts. They had the most yardage. They had the best average at 5.5 yards per carry because when they're in that type of offense, you need less carries because it's confusing. It's very difficult for linebackers to line up and hit the correct guy, right? They're pretending to hand it off. They're worried about Lamar. So it does give you a, a leg up, and you don't need to have like, – like the next two teams that rush the most, right? Tennessee Titans and – the Cleveland Browns, but they have like a grinded out approach, right? You have Henry and Chubb and, and Hunt for that matter as well. You're lining up and, and you know, batter through, go through everyone. Yep, That's great. And Baltimore, you have a couple of people that are going to run the ball, but maybe one more than say Cleveland does. Yep. And you're probably going to be more prolific at it yep. because, you know, you, who, who do you guard right away? So, yep, there we go. All right. We, we, we really don't hate Cam Akers. Like, I don't hate him. I don't hate him. I'm just not going to draft him because he's, just, he's going so high right now. He's going against the 10th running back off the board. I mean, no, just, just let's stop. Let's stop. Yeah. Let's just stop with the Rams. I hate the Rams, too. I'm just not a fan. <laughs> Matt Stafford, just yeah, get out of my life. I, you, before we end this, I just saw, um, I think Fox Sports 1 put this ranking out of top quarterbacks in the league. Matthew Stafford is all of a sudden the sixth best quarterback in the league. And just regular, just not fa- the sixth best quarterback in the league. What was he last year? Who knows? Fourteenth, like yeah. there's the there's the anti Detroit bias no, yeah, right there. No, All no. of a sudden, Matt Stafford is the sixth best quarterback. Yeah, it's ridiculous. 
I mean, come on. I, if Stafford is a good, a it, good maybe quarterback. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. But let's say when he's in the Lions, let's say he yeah. is that too. What, yeah. Well, yeah, when you're on everyone's yeah, front yeah, of everyone's yeah. body. Let, let, let's see, Stafford. Let's prove yourself now, buddy. Uh, first of all, I still have love. I don't I think don't. he has to prove I'm, anything. No. This, this, everyone's he's making, been very no, good. People are making me like have this I, Matt Stafford hate. I do hate that. Like He goes to a big market team and all of a sudden he's number six, but he was in Detroit and, yeah. and no one gave a crap. Yeah. Give me a break. Just stop. Give me a break. Let's see. Beat up Jared Goff's numbers this year. Come on. Let's do it. <laughs> God, I hope, Jer- I hope Jared Goff is really good with <laughs> Redemption song. I mean, Jared Goff has the guys to throw the ball to. Mm, yeah. He <laughs> didn't go to the better situation, right. that's for sure. All right. That'll do it today for <laughs> undervalued players. We'll be back next time with overvalued players. I don't know. Maybe, we, maybe we've talked about one that show. Stop you guys next time.